Hey everybody, welcome back today to our podcast around our community. And we're really excited that we have um, Vanessa with the Salvation Army. Hi. And Vanessa, tell me your last name. Thompson. Vanessa Thompson with the Salvation mm-hmm. Army. Mm-hmm. And Derek, what was your last name again, Derek? Tinsley. Derek Tinsley um, with um, Peer. And I'm going to find out a little bit more about Peer and, and learn about kind of what y'all do as an agency and, and kind of just kind of get to know y'all and find out a little bit about really how, how y'all serve the community. And so thank y'all for being here. Mm-hmm. Thank you for inviting us. You're welcome. Great. All right. So, Derek, do you want to start and kind of give me kind of an idea of Peer and what Peer is? And Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm Derek Tinsley. I'm the executive director for Peer, which is an acronym for People Engaged in Recovery. Okay. We are a peer-ran organization, one of three in the state of Alabama. Uh, we have Region 4, which is the lower part of South Alabama, from Mobile, Washington County, uh, Baldwin County, Scambia, Coffee, Conecuh, Dale, Houston, Barber. You got a Geneva, big area. That's a huge area. That's that's our area. Uh, we've just been involved with outreach for the past 60 days. We just okay. started that, uh, hit the ground running. But basically, we provide recovery resources. Okay. We have a facility on 2534 Government Street. Right across from U-Haul and the bus station. Okay. Um, and we provide peer-led group discussions, individualized peer uh, mentoring, uh, recovery-related resources, 12-step groups. Uh, okay. We do Dharma recovery. Uh, one of my CSRS has just started a, a Crochet 101 class. Uh, so we, we just provide people that are interested in the recovery process that may be suffering from substance use disorder or trying to get acclimated to the recovery community here in Mobile if they relocated. Uh, our outreach team provides intake uh, assessments, gets them to treatment, transportation, uh, aftercare, Um we like the introduction to recovery if you have never been experienced it before. Uh, and we're also very instrumental in the aftercare after they leave treatment to keep them immersed in the recovery community, let them find. We believe in many pathways to recovery, so we don't push one aspect over another. We just kind of like want to know uh, what they think they need to do about the situation they are in and how we can help, help them facilitate it. And we educate, support, and give hope. Okay. Uh, that's okay. kind of what we do. So it's an actual facility that people are there and they go to and they're part of and are in the middle of. And they actually had like attend classes and things there at your location. It's not a residential location, is it? No, it's not a residential okay. location. We're actually a community center that focuses on recovery-related issues. Okay. But if I have a civic group that needs a place to meet, we'll lend our facility that. If I have a group of uh, individuals, ladies that want to play bridge and they need a place to meet, we'll facilitate that. Okay. But uh, our primary goal and focus is uh, sharing recovery-related resources. If they need find out where they can get their driver's license, or if they need to know how to get different services, uh, like for y'all, so they need to know about insurance, who we can talk to. We provide that kind of information. Uh, to get to just be there for those people. We have outreach workers that's in the partisan parole. Uh, that's strictly what they do. We have an outreach worker that works with young ladies and women with postpartum, uh, with children. They go to DHR and stuff. Uh, we interviewed, um, excuse me, we interviewed James Aberhart back 
I don't know, about two or three months ago. Mm-hmm. And I think he dealt with people that were were coming out of the prison system and trying to help them place them in jobs. Right. So it's really neat to find all the different resources that are that are available here in the community. Mm-hmm. That's part right. of that. Right. So how, so how do people, and, and, and I'm not saying from how people find you, like, call on the phone, but, like, how, how, do, how do people refer to you? Where do you get the referrals that people come in there and are part of the 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 outreach. I mean, how, I mean, how do how do people get in there? How do people find where your location is? We have a helpline number, uh, where they could call that number. It's 12, 24 hours a day. Right. Those calls are referred to us. Sometimes you'll get a live person. Majority of the time, you're going to get a live person on the other end. Our office number is 251-219-7811. Uh, they can call us if they're out of state, if they're out of Mobile County, uh, and we're affiliated with another sister organization at Birmingham. They can call that number, and then they will then send it to our uh, email, which is for our helpline, and then we scrutinize those, look at them every day, and put them with the outreach worker that's right. better suited to help them. But uh, yeah, they can just come by the facility, like I said, 2534 Government Street. We're right there. I guess, do you get a lot of um, uh, different social workers at the hospitals or people like that who are referring people in to the to the location and to, to look at services there and to participate in the services? Is that kind of where you get a lot of the people that send people in? or uh, We're just starting to move into that area. So some of my outreach workers that work for the facility, work for the organization, have uh, started going in that area where we're talking to several different okay. hospitals uh, about bringing peers in. We've talked to other organizations. Uh, but a lot of our contacts are from a personal basis. From a per- okay. Either a family so member okay. calling or the person themselves calling. Uh, if we get a referral, it's from like Alter Point okay. or something like that. Salvation Army or something will call us and let us know they got this individual. They'll give us a name and a number and then we'll call and talk to that uh, individual. We just, again, provide resources. We're not clinicians. We're not doctors. We right. don't diagnose. We right. don't do any of that. We just provide the resources and the services to get them acclimated and introduced to the recovery process. Right. right. Okay. Very good. So tell me about the Salvation Army. I know a little bit about the Salvation Army. Okay. So give me some, give me some, some of the, the. It's an interesting story. I think I told when we knew we were having this um, interview coming up was um, when I first graduated from college, Troy State University, where I did my undergraduate work. When I graduated, my very first interview I went on was at the Salvation Army in Birmingham, Alabama. Oh wow. I um, graduated from Troy State University as a social worker. Okay. And um, I, um, had my very first interview in Birmingham at the at the Salvation Army. It was downtown, downtown Birmingham. Uh, and I'm from a little town called Greenville, Alabama. Um, I went to school to Troy. This was the big city, and I was terrified okay. just trying to find the location. So probably worked out that I didn't work there because I, 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 would, I don't know if I could have handled that big of a city um, right out of college. I just wasn't used to anything. But So tell me a little bit about the Salvation Army here. And of course, as a social worker throughout the years, I have referred many, many, many people over the years. I worked actually in the hospital where I did find a job as a mobile infirmary. And I worked in the hospital system here for several years and then transitioned out to Knollwood Hospital and worked as a social worker there. I know, I know we're an insurance agency and this seems kind of odd that mm. it's a social worker sitting at the table and I am the owner of Community Insurance Partners but we're a very unique insurance agency all we do is the the assisting people with their Medicare benefits and resources and things of that nature and 
I got to it through the the field of social work. I, I, I worked as a social worker in the hospitals for many years and then went to graduate school at South Alabama and did my master's work there and had my master's in public administration. And then I transitioned over to an insurance company and worked for an insurance company in the contracting and administrative aspect of it before I opened up this office. Mm-hmm. And I've had this office for about 12 years. Okay. So we're a real unique group of insurance agents in the fact that we are out in the community doing a lot of and, and doing things that are very similar to what social workers will do, connecting people to the different resources that are available in the community. Hence the reason why we have a podcast um, where we're really going over community resources and really diving into community resources because I think it's fundamental that no matter what you do in your life as your career, that you're connecting people with sources and resources that can help them fulfill themselves. That's right. So, my, as my mother calls it, she says it's my ministry and um, it probably will always be and I'm sure it will be. So, tell me about the Salvation Army. I want to know more about the Salvation Army. Oh, well, the Salvation Army is is a is a, a grand hope yes. in my life, you know, personally, and, uh, and and that's part of my goal for working for for the Salvation Army is to give hope and to let people know that after a life of destruction, that they can live a life uh, that's worth living. Right. Uh, but Salvation Army has been a part of, the, of Mobile, Alabama since 1887. Wow. And uh, they used to be located on St. Francis and okay. Conception Street. And uh, we, we they moved down to... Um, to uh, to uh, Dolphin Street, which is one thousand and nine Dolphin Street, right? And um, so we serve out of that uh, different substance use program, and uh, and different levels of care there, and uh, is kind of a gauge to um to help people to be to reenter the uh, society, right? Without the fear of going back doing the old behavior, you know, and sometimes in the substance abuse, um. Uh, area um or the process of it uh you know you know people go back uh and forth back and forth right. because it's all about them making uh they individuals surrender right. in the program you know but salvation army uh does much more than just substance abuse we are like social service oh, I know. uh we yes. help people with uh, financially uh with the bills you the know thrift store thrift I mean, stores I, I, I'm, I, we talked about it when we first got here i'm a big fan of the thrift yeah. stores i love thrift shopping <laughs> yeah Enjoy doing it. I enjoy supporting the 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 the, the local thrift stores. I yes. think they are such a a blessing and benefit for the community. And and I've had many people that I've sent over the years. Not only have I sent to programs um, like the peer program, mm-hmm. but I have sent many to you know thrift stores to be able to get back on their feet. That's good. Um, thrift stores for you know for mm-hmm. um, to work sometimes, or thrift stores for clothing or furniture or all kind of things. Yes. So uh, yes. So you know the, the Salvation Army. Um, um, shoot, Salvation Army does a lot. I mean, when it comes uh, to uh, the storms, you right. know, they go out, fires, they go out, you I was know. I just about to say, when it comes to all yes. the natural disasters, yeah, all the natural the disasters. Right in the I mean, they're in, they're in the middle of everything. They're in the middle of everything. And I know COVID has had to be very difficult yes. with, with, with people volunteering, people yes. funding, mm-hmm. people giving donations and things of that nature. So, yes. um, what, have, what, what kind of steps are y'all using? Both of y'all kind of, what are you using through the, 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 through this COVID environment of, of reaching people and, and, and really collecting funding as well? Because, you know, everything, as we know, everything requires some funding to be able to do and, you know, the, 
if you, if some people are, you know, fortunate they get a lot of funding from the federal government, but, you know, still, even from that standpoint, it, that only meets some basic necessities. You can do so much more with people donating as well. So yes. talk to me about that. Well, uh, well, well, people still donate. They are, they are, they can drop off at uh, 1009 Dolphin Street uh, at our thrift store on Azalea Road. Uh, they I have are, a friend of mine who um, just recently got hired. Uh-huh. And works at that thrift store. Really? Um, that's in my Sunday school class at church. Okay. Um, her husband and I, um, and I've met him, and, and, and he's been in the class for um, a good little while, and his wife is new to America, is from the Philippines, mm-hmm. and she her name is... Emmeline, I think Emmeline is her name. Emmeline okay. Pate. Emmeline Pate. <laughs> you know Emmeline Pate. But um, so her husband John Pate has been going to our church for a while. Okay. And um, I know Emmeline is in Sunday school with me on a regular routine basis. Oh, Even wow. though I don't think she always understands everything we're saying mm-hmm. in the class, she is there on a regular routine basis. And I tried to come down there one day and visit her at the thrift store, and I got there just a hair bit too late. <laughs> and I said I will be here earlier next time. I'll make sure I get here on an earlier basis. Okay. So I love the thrift store. Yes. <laughs> so uh, the Salvation Army, uh, uh, through the thrift store, we we are uh, we we are uh, we do a lot of donation. We get a lot of donation in right. from there. And during the COVID uh, uh, period, you know, we probably was the only uh, community um, social service treatment facility that didn't close down. Right. So uh, we we. Um, it was difficult during that time to um, to get people to volunteer or to get the donations in at that time because everybody had that fear of um, being on the outside and and doing things that they usually do. But we we was nonstop. We right. we didn't stop. And during that time, you know, we had several storms to come through. Right. And uh, so we was um like. Uh, are deployed out uh, to you know to, to help other areas like uh, St. Charles or Lake Charles, right? Uh, and um, and so we did a lot of lot of things in the midst of COVID, and uh, you know sometimes it was like you get there and be like, what's next? Right. Right. <laughs> you know, so but that's the way uh, the Salvation Army rolls. You know, uh, we are Great. we always um, have our hand in several different things at the same time. You know, but we 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 still um, um, our heart of the mission is to help people. You know, help anyone. Right. That come to us um, for for any type of help, and that includes substance abuse, you know, and uh, it includes people that uh, have have the low income, and you know, a lot of people was out of work, and you know, it was a lot of uh, devastation there for, for a lot of people, and we tried to still give the hope and give a hand to whoever and whenever. One of the, you're right, and, and mm-hmm. one of the issues that we ran into was with with our seniors that mm-hmm. we work with, and yes. as Medicare beneficiaries, they, they were stuck at home. I mean, this the COVID was affecting them very strongly, so yes. they were all stuck at home, and we got real concerned about the fact that they were not having any interaction yes. with other people. So mm-hmm. we would do parking lot um, bingo. Yeah. Parking lot ice cream socials and just go to a location where a bunch of them would be or they could drive through in their car and never have to get out of their car just to have some interaction with the other people because it was just that important to be able yes. to have other interaction with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, Derek, I want to jump back over to you real quick and um, and and talk about just the uniqueness of you know, recovery and and the, the challenge with each individual that you have in recovery. I, um, I, 
and we, in, in, in what I did for a living, I, I got to see a lot of people that that moved into the recovery area, and and it it, it can be hard. I've, I've I've seen a lot of people that's been very successful for. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of people that just could not seem to, you know, it just it was it was difficult. Mm-hmm. I understand recovery. I mean, I understand recovery from a personal standpoint from from that area. But I have lots of friends as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as Wes, our producer, talked about um, some friends that 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 I've had, that I go to church with that are friends of mine. That have done really, they celebrate you know the the recovery that they've had, and and we used to have a we used to actually have a program called Celebrate Recovery at our church uh, for people that had had some recovery and had made it through something. So I think I think recovery in, in those kind of treatments is very um, unique to the individual. Right. And, uh, I'm a product of Salvation Army. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was introduced to the recovery process in 1996 as a inpatient at mm-hmm. the Salvation Army on Dolphin Street. Okay. Uh, recovery is a new way to live as opposed to the old way I was living. Um, each person is different, but we're all similar. Uh, through the pain that's associated with active addiction. Right. <clears throat> Whether it be wet or dry. Uh, it looks at patterns of behavior. Recovery is about changing my thinking, my behaviors, my actions. Uh, it's not a religious program, but it's a spiritual program that practices spiritual principles and implement them in your life. Uh, and it's a process. You know, uh, we recover at different rates. Uh, but we stay in the process and we practice new things. It's like changing the old way I used to think, which was selfishly motivated, driven by my own thinking. Uh, but recovery offers me a community of people who have faced that dilemma and found a way out. There is uh, addiction is not a moral dilemma; it's a sickness. Right, it is you a know? sickness, and and and, and uh, but it's the only sickness. That'll tell me I ain't got it. Right. You know what I mean? And, it sure is. And, and, you know, if I got cancer, I know I got cancer. If the doctor tell me I know something wrong. But addiction is is very cunning. Right. It, it sounds like me talking. Right. And who better to convince me than me talking to me? Right. You know, uh, that's why the recovery community is so important. Uh, during, during the pandemic, there were articles... Uh, written by various different entities about the effects in the community from COVID. One of the areas they really looked at was the person in recovery or addiction that was experiencing recovery because it separated us from our impersonal meetings. I didn't even think about that, but you're absolutely correct. and, and, And so it put people that was in recovery at Jeopardy, or people right. who hadn't been to an in-person meeting in Jeopardy. Uh, fortunately, the recovery community got together and started Zoom meetings. Right. We had peer closed down in March like everybody else, but we kept going through Zoom platforms where people could reach us, get peer one-on-one support and talk. Uh, but we were one of the first entities outside of Salvation Army that came back up with live meetings in July once the guidelines kind of got straight. So we do make sure everybody has a mask, uh, hand sanitizer provided throughout the facility. We take temperatures when you walk in uh, and we do the social distancing things. And and fortunately, through the grace 
uh, and blessing, we haven't had a outbreak. We haven't right. had a, a diagnosis of, of yet, but we stick to the guidelines uh, and things of that nature to practice safe protocols. Right. Uh, and, and, and it's facilitating and supporting the, the individuals that are coming to seek recovery because now they have that personal contact again. Zoom can be as good for a person that already kind of know about the recovery process, but well, I'm not gonna say, but, but a person that's just coming in is kind of detached. We have the same issue. I mean, right. on a, on a, on a smaller level, but you know, from, from a church standpoint, right. we tried to do zoom from a church. It's for people that have been going for 20 years to be able to take the, you know, the opportunity to, to listen to some stuff online and to do a zoom class. It was okay to patch over kind of your, your need for that. But really driving down into someone's heart, which is what church is about. Right. It's not about just listening to someone get up and talk. It's truly about driving into somebody's heart and really, you know, holding arm in arm with them and, and moving through life. Kind of hard to do that on a Zoom call. Right. It's extremely it's extremely easy for someone to take 45 minutes on a Zoom call and pretend and talk everybody out of, you know, nothing's going on in my life. It, it will be... And I realize, you know, you, we all had to do what we had to do um, in the midst of it. But I think when studies come out in the future, there's going to be some negative. There's going to be a whole lot more negative consequences to what happened other than just financial and the devastation through the business communities. I think that was just the first layer that got ripped right. off. I think when you get into the the interpersonal um, connections that people had, the the loneliness, the suicides, the just all of that 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 happened. I would say the the you know the the new substance abuse that people developed because they were no longer having to go in to be you know in front of other people so they right. could fake it being at home mm-hmm. and things like that because you know let me tell you substance abuse and I know you will echo this one hundred percent substance abuse does not have anybody that it chooses gender wise right. um, race wise socioeconomic right. life right. it covers the whole gamut right. of anybody and everybody mm-hmm. um, so nobody can act like the Lone Ranger and think that they're be the one that that can can go through and, and not impact them. And and one of the things that I, I noticed during the uh, early parts of the pandemic was that the recovery community is worldwide. Right. I knew that, but I hadn't really experienced that. And because I try to take care of my personal recovery, uh, my home group, virtual home group, is in New Zealand. Okay. Uh. But the 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 language of recovery is worldwide, uh, kind of like jazz. It's 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 not suggestive; it's just felt. And the atmosphere of recovery it left the rooms and became virtual, and 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 it had great impact. And what I realized was that I saw this pandemic and the effects that it had on people worldwide. And they were feeling the same things I was feeling and they were going through the same things I was going through, but they was in New Zealand, they was in Australia, they was in New York. And it put it, made it very personal. And being able to hear people share those things and talk about those things uh, really, really reinforced with me the importance of a support network and recovery community because we go through stuff together. We don't right. go through stuff alone. And that's what we do at Peer. 
We provide a place for people to come and just relax. If you don't know where to go, come to Pill. Right. We're not going to judge you. We're going to sit there. We're going to talk to you. We ain't going to beat you up. We ain't going to do none of that. We're just going to let you be comfortable. You don't want to talk to nobody. You want to sit there and watch TV. If you want to sit there and read a book, if we got games, we, we just recently got a pool table. We got a lot of different things. But if you want to talk to someone, it's someone there that will listen and uh, share their experience with you as far as what it was like. And we just encourage people to come out. Uh, it's a lot of love, a lot of empathy, a lot of support. Very good. All right. Well, we're going we're, we're gonna to come out um, one of these days and bring our bus and put it up in the parking lot and just mm-hmm. do a big event, cook right. some hamburgers out in the front parking lot and just enjoy um, enjoy your location with you. Right. We're, we're recovery that. month is September and we are planning some activities okay. for recovery month. So mm-hmm. Well, that's we're perfect. Well that's great. Right. We want to be a part of those activities. Thank you both very much for coming in today and, and letting us learn a little bit about you and, and learn about the services you have for the community. So before we leave out, I want you to tell me once more, one more time your telephone number and how people can contact you. Go okay. Ahead. At Salvation Army, our phone number is 251-438-1625. And that can be for substance abuse, the homeless shelter, uh, for emergencies, or the paying your bills or getting food. Anything. And also, we do serve the population of the homeless, and they can come there uh, daily to eat. And uh, we also uh, house them through the night, um, but they have to leave in the morning time. And so, yeah, so that's another. And then, of course, I'm sure they can stop at any of the different locations Mm -hmm. or the thrift stores near where and get all the information they need to get. And then when y'all have people um, that come through that maybe have gotten that, y'all kind of transition them over to the peer group as well. Right. I'm sure that's probably Mm -hmm. probably part of y'all's regular routine stuff. All right, Derek, go ahead and tell me about that. Uh, Yeah, people engaged in recovery on 2534. Government Boulevard, our office number is 219-7811, and our hotline number is 888-421-PEER, P-E-I-R, or 7347, or you can email us at at gmail.com. Okay. We can find both of y'all on the, on the internet as well. I'm right. Sure. Right, at peopleengagingrecovery.org. Very good. Thank y'all so much again Thank for coming you. in and being a part of our, our podcast and, and really letting all of our customers and, and, and just people that listen um, enjoy the podcast and enjoy hearing about what you have going on. Thank, Thank you. Thank y'all again. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Yes, sir. All right. Bye. Bye.